When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. down front some of those good looking girls you can all meet us in the ladies room i didn't know there was hey. a different version so yeah. so hey wayne i don't mm, know if we're recording yet i'm sure we yes. are but do me a favor at the Sorry, end i'm forget. sure you're going to mention timeless haunt at the end no uh yeah you will Gotta be frozen like that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Welcome to Red Sound Review. Ah. Oh, shit. What the fuck is that? Oh, hello, Mister Unknown. Uh, my boss. I know my Geico payments again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Mister Noggle. <laughs> Wayne fun. Newton, how you doing, long time brother? Oh, I'm doing right, actually right. not that long. I think I'm on every like couple of weeks now, right? Almost, you're almost <laughs> a regular. Uh, what do we have you on here today? Oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna dispute and argue a couple of Kiss albums. One a very popular one, and one a not so very popular one, which happens to be my favorite Kiss album of all time. And no, I am not lying, and I'm probably the only motherfucker on earth that feels that way. Yeah, but you know. we have Kiss, Crazy Nights, and Kiss Alive. There you go, Alive. Alive. My personal favorite album, which I don't think they ever did better than, but <laughs> this, is a, this is a I very mean, strange album versus album. I've got my work <laughs> cut out for me tonight, no doubt about it. I'm sure the I'm the only person on earth who feels this way, but I'm gonna make a case. Yeah, this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> All right. Um yeah, so yeah, you watched we did um uh, like a, a reaction video to uh, Crazy Nights a couple of weeks back. To my and dismay, I might add. Yeah, why? How dare you tear down such an artistic, great fucking album? <laughs> no. I like that song. It was this guy over here, he doesn't like it. That's <laughs> one of the better ones on here, but uh, yeah, not really my uh, style. Yeah. <laughs> not your cup of tea, but mainly because you don't like pieces of shit in your tea. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Wasn't stirring it with Mr. Hankey today. Can I just start off by saying, I am not the biggest Kiss fan on Earth. Let let that be known. I'm not the biggest Kiss fan on Earth. However, they are the reason I am in a metal band today, and I have a true love and passion for heavy fucking metal. All right, good. And that was what really 
made me want to talk about this because when we did the reaction video and you posted the comments, you know, you said you loved the 70s era too. And then when you came back with Crazy Nights, I flabbergasted. I do like, I like, I like the 70s era, but I also like the unmasked era and I love the 80s era. I think that, I think that's when Kiss was at their best. Unfortunately, they kind of suffer from a little bit of, uh, what I like to call the Metallica effect, where you know you're used to seeing these masked guys creating songs in a certain way, you got used to that, and then all of a sudden the '80s came around. They took off their fucking makeup, and everybody's going, "Whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. What is this shit?" Yeah, straight. It was very strange. However, yeah. if if Kiss had released these albums, I'm sorry to interrupt, Wayne. If right, Kiss on. had released these albums and and became big in the '80s era then I think this album would not only stand up, but, but w- would be one of Kiss's finest moments. I don't know, sir. Hmm. I don't know. I listened to this thing today. I, I, I like Kiss. I love Kiss. I got tons of Kiss shit around here. And, um, you know, it's been a long time since I listened to this album. But like I said before, I love Crazy Nights. I love My Way, even though Greg, he, he knows that I like that song. He's like, how can you like that song? I think it's cool. You know, it's, it's a great song, but let's talk about uh, let's talk about his pick first. Let's go through the track. Yeah, no, no, no. I got it on my <laughs> mind. What I got to say. Uh, I'm sorry. Is this your show, Wayne? <laughs> it's, it's it's our show still. But uh, reason to live. I mean, what an uplifting, catchy song. I mean, come on. I have reason? something very funny to say about that, real quick. So the line where he says, "Everybody's got a dream and a hunger inside." Yeah. When I first heard this record when I was a kid, and I used to sing along with it, um, I thought he was saying, "Everybody's got a dream and a whole girl inside." Ah! What, what does that mean? <laughs> so you kind of admitted there that you did listen to this as a kid, and I think you kind of enjoyed it back then. I think your palate's going to change the. I did more so, and what the reason um, I, this album has been so prominent in my mind is because a buddy of mine and Wayne's Keith Apt, he uh, did a post on his hub page thing where he re-listened to this record, and I was like, oh no, that seems kind of harsh, you know, I remember Kulik had a pretty big presence on it, and it wasn't all bad, and he goes, have you listened to it since you were in <laughs> Well, no, but, and I was just very disappointed. And <laughs> yeah. Hey, I tell you what, if you, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say it, it was uh, worse than I remembered, which I found odd. But I have to say, even the songs I don't like, I really think Bruce Kulik shines on here. And even though, um, you know, I, definitely nowhere near even my top 10 of kiss um it plays well all together you know you can listen to it pleasantly without really wanting to skip something right except maybe for when the walls come tumbling down but overall it's not a bad song there's just a really annoying uh verse in the middle of that when he's saying you gotta look before you peek i mean leap um, <laughs> uh, that doesn't make any sense at all. But okay. <laughs> you gotta look before you pee. <laughs> the, the thing that I hate the most, actually, about that song is that stupid chorus. When, when the walls come tumbling down, he says it like three times, and when he says it the first time, you'd think he would like have a, like a line after that. 
But it's just I, silence. And then he says it again. I'm like, I don't Hello? even pay attention to the vocals there because the riff that Bruce plays is so cool. At oh. It's just, I don't know. I, I didn't like well, that's, one, that's one thing I was going to bring up there when I cut you off earlier was uh, Bruce Cullick was probably the hardest working guy in Kiss in that era. And mm. admittedly, uh, even Paul Stanley and um, Gene Simmons have admitted that Gene was basically absent at that period of time because mm-hmm. he was off doing his whole movie producer uh, actor type thing and I, as, a, as a matter of fact him and gene almost had a, or him and paul almost had a falling out because of gene's non-presence mm-hmm. during that era as where uh, there was a famous story where i believe paul had to confront gene about it and gene was uh, really cool about it he had Admitted that he was absent and uh, that he was still reaping the benefits of the album. And I remember um, Ron Nevison, he produced the album, which was the only album at the time that Kiss had ever used a producer on. He was famous for um, uh, making Heart and Ozzy Osbourne albums that went platinum, which is why they used him. And they wanted a more poppy, uh, more uh, friendly sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what I was getting to there, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, let me finish before you cut me off here. <laughs> Turn on the Night's probably my favorite song off here besides Crazy oh. I love that song. You don't like that one either? No. But the one that really surprised me is I'll Fight Hell to Hold You. Oh, great tune. Love That's it. a great, great song. No, No, No might be my favorite, though. That is the most, <laughs> if you want to consider it thrashy or hard oh, or heavy. God. That's no, the... no, no. What a great riff. Great lead yeah. in the beginning, all throughout. Kills that's... it in that. No, I don't like that yeah. one. And actually, that's one of the only songs on here where I truly enjoy the synths and think they sound good in it, is Off by Hell to Hold You. That's a that's a great song. Now, are you, are, are, are you one of these guys who doesn't like synth in their music, or is it just this particular album, or... What it's is it a... this particular album and how it sounds on here and how it's produced. It okay. just it sounds almost unfinished to me. Almost like some of it was a working demo, and I'm not crazy about it. There's quite a few songs on here that, while I don't like particularly care for them on here, I think if say they were given a Journey or someone like that and done by them, they'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get my agreement there. Um, some of the albums, or some of that album, would have been greater, held up the better time with the, uh, with a newer recording and uh, a better recording. I mean, Gene's bass is basically non-existent through the whole thing. So, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah, and you know that that's one of the big things about his songs on all the '80s records. He see, you can tell his mind was elsewhere, and he sounds so disinterested sometimes. Like "Good Girl Gone Bad," I actually think is a pretty good song it's just done poorly here he sounds phoned in and if it was played a little bit more aggressively i think it'd be a classic yeah yeah i think it's one of his better vocal performances actually in any kiss song he's done besides cold gin of course which i love that's a good song i i really enjoy fits like a glove as well i think he sounds really good there he does he does but uh, you know what it is with no 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 I, I don't like the double bass I, I don't like when Kiss what? does double bass I wow. do not like double bass in awesome. Kiss it does not sound right wow any double bass Kiss song really I, I don't know I can't think of one that I like, Did like do you like the Revenge album I like the Revenge Was is there another 
double bass song? I can't think off the top of my head. Like, oh, boy. like a good song, I know. I don't know. I, I, off the top of my head, I don't know. But yeah, that's that's why I do not like that. And Bang Bang You was retarded. And, uh, yeah, that's probably the worst song on the album. Yeah, I would say Agreed. so. Um, yeah, I get, that's one where I can't find anything redeeming about. That's like a filler track, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no good. But other than that, I mean, it, it's got its cool songs. I, I don't like the production. It's it's very uh, trebly. It's just like too high with the, uh, too bright sounding, you know? It's very bright with the bass, for sure. Yeah. Yep. No doubt about it. But if you put that to the side, um, I also wanted to mention they they on their supporting tour during this album, they they played a lot of the songs off of Crazy Nights, but the fans just couldn't get into it. Eventually, they cut it down to just Crazy Nights, and then they eventually cut that out of the tour. Too. So, <laughs> so it doesn't bode well for my case here. No. And maybe it's a little bit of a childhood nostalgia. Because um, I believe this, it's funny, this record released uh, 9 Yeah, 9 mm-hmm. Kiss Alive was released 9-10-75, which is 22 mm-hmm. years and two days later, or something like that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, 12 years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this makes me feel really old. fucking old. <laughs> But anyway, so, it came out around a time when I was probably in my teens, and and I think my cousin left the album at the house, and I stole it from him. And I, you know, it's a childhood thing too, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that your? Is this your first Kiss album? No, no. Oh. Destroyer was my first one. Okay, Destroyer on eight track. <laughs> oh wow! Jeez. Might have been might have been my dad's, which is weird because he was a big country western fan. I don't know why he had the album, but it looked cool, so I threw it in. So yeah. Yeah, I did like the cover. It's a cool cover, you know, with the, the band on the front. It's one of my favorites from this era of the band. The other ones are stupid looking. Asylum's terrible looking. And the so, other so one, it's yeah. a- animalized. Jesus. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's bad. But, you know, see, this is... Lick It Up looks bad. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's terrible because uh, what's-his-name's head is not even, like, his real head, so it's just <laughs> it's bad. Or that's his real head, but his body, I mean. Yeah, they superimposed Vinny's head over a mannequin body. <laughs> You know that album? It was almost called uh, "Who Dares Wins." Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they actually cut it because it didn't look right in print, so they they made it "Crazy Nights" last second. Yeah. So since this is your favorite Kiss album, I mean, you know, what? Why? Like, what's some of your well, favorite songs over here? Well, my favorite song is probably "No, No, No" off the album, and then you got uh, "Thief in the Night." I love "Thief in the Night." I like those dark tunes, uh, man. What, what was what was bad? I'll fight hell to hold you. It was fucking fantastically written. Uh, maybe they didn't write it, but it was a great fucking yeah. song. Uh, good girl yeah. going bad was good. Turn on tonight was good. Reason to live was probably my second favorite song on the album. Mm-hmm. Really good ballad. I know Gene wasn't big on ballads, but uh, you know, fuck him. It was a great album. <laughs> it was a great song. <laughs> oh, it was a great song. It was mom rock. It was poppy, but mm-hmm. you know, it's not like today's pop standards where it's a bunch of shit. I mean, yeah. if this album released uh, today, I mean, I think we'd be swoon. Maybe not swooning over it, but uh, you know, I think it would have been well received if it had been put out later. And like I said, it would have been better received had they had Kiss become big in the eighties and and 
you know, if maybe if, if a band like, uh, I don't know, Skid Row or Firehouse or someone like that released this album, mm-hmm. this album would have been massive. As a matter of fact, right. it went to number four in, uh, in the UK. And it stayed at number four for a while. This this album, Kiss, this Kiss album was the. Uh, let me get my notes right here. Was sold the uh, most out of any other eighties. It peaked at number eighteen in Billboard, and it uh, was the highest charted Kiss album of the eighties. Believe it or not. <laughs> wow. Hmm. I did not know that. Yes, but Kiss was Kiss wasn't known for Billboard top, you know, charting right, yeah. songs. That's for sure. Yeah. Which is crazy, the success that they had without that. Yeah. What about you, Greg? I mean, I know you don't really care for this album, but there's got to be some other standout tracks that you like on here. Or something. Uh, well, the best one is definitely No, No, No. That's just a yeah. good, aggressive rocker. But really, for man. me on that, it's a one-two punch. No, No, No and Hell or High Water. I think mm-hmm. that's another great song. And that one, I actually love how Gene sings. It sounds very menacing. Yeah. It goes right along with Kulik's uh, riffs and leads. That's a cool song. Mm. Yes, sir. And then, uh, see, the thing about Thief in the Night is, I like the song. I don't like this version of it because I heard the Wendy O. Williams song first. I was going to mention that. Good. Oh, you did I your had, homework. Had no idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had that Wendy. Well, I got the Wendy O. Williams album originally, even found out the Plasmatics because I found out Vinny wrote a couple of songs that they did on there. And then, well, basically it was Wendy O. Williams and Kiss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah, I used to be nuts for that guy before, uh, you know, things happened. And anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so would you agree that uh, Bruce Kulick was the best guitar player that Kiss has had? I, I would say say that yes, I believe so. In terms of skill and uh, the way he played, feel, songwriting, uh, it's tough to say because Vinnie Vincent really wrote a lot of different types of songs for a lot of different people and could really play. I mean, he he re- he really never showcased that in any of his solo bands, but I almost feel him and Bruce are pretty even. Okay. But I'd give the but I'd give the edge to Bruce because he was the better songwriter overall. I think he was the hardest worker in that band mm-hmm. too. Um, you know, see, the, Vinny, if he doesn't have someone to contrast him and help him write the song, it seems he can't finish it. Bruce is great on his own. Yeah. Now, how about drums? Eric Carr feel the same way. Eric, I think, was hands down their best drummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he's even better than the singer, and I don't, I don't really understand why that's an argument because Eric <laughs> Singer is good, but um, I mean, it's Eric Carr's double bass work here—he does a lot of cool things on the drums. You know, it, him and Bruce really shine on this end Asylum, although. This is a better listen than Asylum. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. But, uh, yeah, so uh, but, Kiss uh, Alive. But, but mostly, Sorry. you know, I think this would be better if the production was better. I, I feel like some of it comes off kind of soulless, and then there's just a, there's a couple spots where it really loses me, like My Way and Turn on the Night, which... 
Diane Warren should have done it, <laughs> not Kiss. <laughs> if you turn that into an R&B track, a late 80s one, it'd probably be pretty killer, but, you know. It's, re- it's repetitive. Yeah. It With is. all that said, if Bon Jovi would have released this as their yes. first record, yes. this would have been just as popular as that's, Slippery Than Wet. You that's know, crazy, my, that, crazy Nights would be your uh, Living on a Prayer. Yeah, that's that except, was my point, right. Yeah. Yeah. Except uh, Crazy Crazy Nights is much less annoying than Living on a Prayer. <laughs> Let it be Bon-Jovi noted, sings. it is Crazy Crazy Nights. It is not Crazy Nights. It is Crazy yes. Crazy Crazy Nights. Crazy Nights. <laughs> yes. Oh boy! Anybody but, know? Did they drop the crazy? Did they drop one one of the crazies eventually? No, I don't think no? so. Was it always Just, crazy, crazy nights? The album is called Crazy they Nights. The song did. is called Crazy, Crazy Nights. Yeah, yeah. So you okay. know, that's interesting though because I feel like I've seen the video with just the title "Crazy Nights." Before. I'm pretty sure I have too, which is why I asked. Yeah. I do not know that answer. That's probably MTV. Everyone was on cocaine in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and then we get to Kiss Alive. Alive. Yeah, come on and love me. Come on and love me. I I mean, this is basically just the best of, you know, that era Kiss. Oh, yeah, and that's why I was saying I really didn't want to do it as verses because it's 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 Alive Greatest Hits against... uh, yeah. Transitional <laughs> album for that. Really. It's, just... it's it's unfair for me, that's for sure. It, it totally but, is. But, but what really made me wonder here, you know, is I always thought Kiss was pretty catchy, and whether their fans want to admit it or not, as heavy as they played, a lot of it was pop rock tunes. Because you know, I, I "Come On and Love Me" is one of the prime Kiss, examples. I Kiss love go. that song. Kiss and go. Just <laughs> comparatively, I get they're both more like commercial songs <laughs> i just didn't see how you could pick <laughs> crazy <laughs> nights yeah crazy <laughs> nights over come on and love me or black Di- well now black diamonds are really unfair comparison <laughs> 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 oh that was another thing i was gonna say um i've feel like crazy nights could have been helped out by letting eric sing you know like they used to let peter do <laughs> on, which, on which songs? Yeah, because because um, Paul is singing pretty high in most of them. Yeah, oh, that was one thing that did annoy me. He was, he was singing way too high in a lot of those songs. He didn't like that. Okay, I'd like yeah. to hear Eric do "Thief in the Night." I was going to say "Thief in the Night" probably because yeah. it, it would fit his. Because uh, yeah. he used to do "Under the Gun" live. I have that on that Animal Eyes show, and he sounds really awesome doing it. Yeah, and he does "Young and Wasted" too. Wow, I'd like to hear that. Yeah, I'll I'm sure I can look that up. He used to sing it, Beth, it, I think, too. It should be on YouTube, sometimes. but uh, before I sold the Laserdisc, I turned it into MP3s and stuck it on my computer. Because <laughs> who the fuck owns a Laserdisc player anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I never had one. They used to let him sing Beth, no? Probably. Didn't a whole band sing it at yeah. one time? <laughs> no. I don't know. Well, I don't... Well, they, they were kind of trying to make a new image for themselves mm-hmm. during most of the 80s, so I don't think that was actually performed on very many of the tours outside of maybe Hot in the Shade. Mm-hmm. I thought I remember him doing that. Um, so yeah, Kiss Alive, like I said, this is like the best of Kiss album. I mean, every song on here is fucking awesome. and It's a classic. And, and some of them are played even better than on the actual albums themselves. I mean, you yeah. know. 
Dude's hotter than hell. Firehouse sounds amazing here. Even Nothing to Lose, which is really a pretty lame song. On yeah, the yeah. really benefits from being cranked up a notch here. Right. And, uh, I mean, you got the solos and she and watching you. She actually, she was the only one I kind of didn't like because I felt like they slowed it down a little too much on this one compared to the the uh, album version. You know, a lot of this stuff was re-recorded uh, because of all the flubs that they made, like running into mic stands and mm. not yep. singing, not singing into the mic or playing wrong notes. And a lot of it was a lot of studio production afterwards. Yeah. So That's, we really like to hear the raw tracks. Because I don't yeah. think I'd be that impressed otherwise. But they tried <laughs> to capture that. But they tried to capture that live energy that they were missing out on with the first four albums. And you know, Casablanca was failing. As a matter of fact, when they went on tour, that tour cost over three hundred thousand dollars, and I think uh, Casablanca couldn't even afford to cover it. So the owner or CEO actually had to cover it out of his own pocket. Wow. Yes, he did, and Bill Aukoin, their manager, funded part of it, too. Right, okay. All right, I didn't know that. I thought it all came from uh, uh, Neil Bogart, Bogart, whatever the hell his name was. Yeah, no, uh, Bill had to kick in. They weren't that confident in them. They were at first, <laughs> but, uh, you know. And, of they, course, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, part, part of what led into this was how popular live albums were getting at the time and how much of a live draw they were because, um, you know, other than Hotter Than Hell, which I don't know what the fuck they were thinking with the production, you know, they tried different things on the first four records and Casablanca was really shocked because they went with a more upbeat, poppy sounding production on Dress to Kill that the album didn't do anything. Like, they were blown away that rock and roll all night, which didn't sell as a single until they released the live version of it from Alive here. The, the worst single from... song in Kiss history. In oh. history. Rock and Shut roll all So let's rock and roll all night and party every day. Well, it's better than <laughs> shouting out loud or great expectations. What? No way. What? It's the fucking, it was me? the most repetitive fucking thing ever. Oh, my gosh. Shout oh. out loud. You don't like yeah, shout out loud. Shout out loud is the thing ever. Oh, you're terrible. You know, the, the audience, the audience no, is also really doctored like in Destroyer. that. No, okay. You think so? You don't like Destroyer? Not really, no. Man, that riff and almost human is so fucking badass, and it goes to shit That's real quick. Love <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is Love Gun. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe no, one song I never understood that everybody loved is Do You Love Me? I hate that song. It's awful. <laughs> I like that one too. I would have loved to heard him do uh, Great Expectations. <laughs> no, 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 no. What kind of Kiss fan are you? Yeah. That was a joke. Learn, one that learn to read my face, goddammit. My sarcasm, Wayne. <laughs> Much like many people in Canada that issued death threats against Bob Ezrin at the time because they were pissed off too. <laughs> I like that. I like because that. Because this is a 10 out of 10. Yeah. That's a 10 out of 10, huh? Yeah. I would like to hear the raw tracks. Oh, and I'd also like to hear the tracks where the, the audience isn't doctored up. <laughs> <laughs> you think the audience is doctored of, up too? Yeah, I know it's doctored up. It is. Yeah, they read it. was completely it, yeah. doctored. Yep. Well, they admitted it, to that like, like, like in the 80s, 83 or something like that. They did an interview. In yeah, um, I, I believe what he actually said is the only thing they didn't have to touch up on it was Peter Chris's drums. <laughs> really? 
That's yeah, true. everything That's else on the Aces guitar solos, there's overdubs everywhere. But like he was saying, a lot of it's because they would miss cues or would come running back and knock over their mics. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or, or not sing into the mic at all. Yeah. 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 But it's funny you mentioned with the crowd noise, because I don't remember what song it is, but there's a cut in the album somewhere, and you can tell there's a, a change in the sound. Like a complete change. Do you remember I that? Think that I think it's towards the end of the album. Cold gin. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, might... it is cold gin yeah. because he's doing the whole rap about vodka and orange juice, and after he finishes his rap, you can very clearly hear the tape cut, and then yeah. the audience starts <laughs> cheering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it was the seventies. What are you gonna do? Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. but uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there all tweaking out at three in the morning trying to, <laughs> trying to piece that motherfucker together. Back together. <laughs> oh, close enough. <laughs> fans, nobody will notice. Wrong they were. Now that that album peaked number nine in the U.S. That Did was on the really? that was in the Billboard Top uh, two hundred for hundred and ten weeks. Wow, that well stayed there for quite a while. Well, again, that was that was the prime of you know a lot of Kiss fans. That was their era, you know. Mm. Uh, not in, not in my eyes because I I liked eighties Kiss a lot better, but until Revenge came along. But yeah, well, what year did Revenge release? Is that like ninety two or something? Ninety two. Ninety two. Ninety two. Okay. Um. Well, you know, for me, this is really their peak. I know they uh, they certainly had albums that sold more, and Kiss Mania was really to come with. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> Jeez, right in my face. <laughs> well, jumpy there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> we're half awake here. Yeah, what, did you squeeze into your old leather pants and find a little something he... in the pocket? <laughs> oh, I've got something in my front pocket. Three, I'm not wearing pants. Whoa! <laughs> Good girl. Look, I'll show that you. Indeed. Hold on. Good thing it's on YouTube. Oh, no, 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 no. I might like rock bot. I might like the song rock bot, but we're not going there. <laughs> uh, you were saying, sir. Me? Yeah, I can't remember. No, now. Greg. He doesn't remember now. But uh, the standout track on, on oh, this, but uh, oh but, yeah, no. Kiss, Kiss, Kiss Mania was more to come with you know Destroyer and Rock and Roll Over, Love Gun, Alive Two, and Dynasty and all that. But for me, this was the real peak because this is them still trying to break through and make it, and everything is super catchy and super memorable. And I really don't think there's a bad song on here. You can say what you want about rock and roll. And I, quite frankly, I've heard it a few too many times. And usually, <laughs> skip. well, can't say I usually skip it. Cause I usually listen to it on vinyl, but if it was on CD, I would just because I'm tired of hearing it. So, there I mean, are a lot of good songs. A, this is just explosive, whether or not it, the raw tracks would be better. I'm assuming not. <laughs> Doubtful. Um, this is just a, a great album, a great just testament to who Kiss was in the early seventies and this. what why they were able to achieve the success they did. You know, a lot of people like to say, "Oh, it was just image and this and that," and then them following trends. But they worked real hard to get where they were, and they wrote some excellent songs when they did it, like Black Diamond. 
yeah. is just such an excellent example. Peter Chris's Motown vocals, which I think are really strong. Harry must have been laying off the cocaine that night. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want to see something real fun, watch him do Beth and Margot Maryland in 79. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. coked up, he forgets the lyrics and just starts <laughs> laughing maniacally. It's like... <laughs> Nobody else noticed how creepy this was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to edit this show and put that in here. Yeah, this yeah. is definitely the album that broke Kiss through for sure. As a matter of fact, they were kicked off a lot of uh, a lot of the a lot of the tour because uh, bands like um, Age or Argent and Black Sabbath would you know would get shown up by them and they didn't like that, so they kicked them off the tour. <laughs> yeah, that Can't happened to them a lot. They, yeah, that's why. Um, I mean, if you look at where this w- was recorded, the Wildwoods Convention Center is actually pretty big. I've been there before. I'm from Jersey. But, uh, you know, a lot of these venues are relatively small that they recorded this in because of that. Uh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, Sabbath was a big one. They thought they were just going to show them right up with all the pyrotechnics and stuff, and they cut them off the whole tour. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to happen with Kiss. But the, the the standout track for me is "100 Thousand Years." That's you know they got that that drum solo in the middle of the song, and then you know they do the whole audience thing and everything, and that it's just an awesome song to begin with, you know. Wayne, we agree. That's my favorite track on the album. Yeah, that's that's really cool shit right there. But uh, yeah, I, you can't really say nothing about the rest of this album. Like I said, this is the best of, and every song on here is just awesome. So. I want to get well. Let me go rock and roll. They could have did without that song. I think sure could have cut cut it out right after rock and roll all night, and you know let let it be done. But uh, yeah, I great, could just listen to "Come On and Love Me" on the repeat, and I'd be fine. That's <laughs> one of my favorite kiss songs, and it's just uh, but but no, I love I love it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, what about you, Mister uh, Unknown from Timeless Haunt? What about me? Yeah. Do you not like this live album? At all? I like the album. Of course, I like the yeah. album. Yeah, I like a lot of Kiss albums. I just don't think it's their best one, and I definitely think Crazy Nights is better. I know I'm unpopular here. I know I'm going to lose this battle, but now, but, but I made sure. some good points. You did, you did, you did. <laughs> you, you did. And just out of curiosity, would you say their songwriting got stronger? In the eighties at all? Or? Yeah, much much stronger. I think they okay. needed. I think they needed the help of a producer, and I think the producer helped take them to a to that eighties level. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like the cock rock era. I do. I got no problem with it. I had a lot of fun in the eighties, man, and, and that music was all fun and uh, stirs up a lot of memories from back in the day, as as it does with a lot of us. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at it as a straight 80s cock rock album, I thought it was a great fucking album. And uh, if you're looking at the uh, Alive, then yeah, it was one of the greatest albums probably of all time. Um, definitely in the 70s, for sure. Uh, like I said, we're we're on two different decades here, which, which like you said, is odd. But, uh, yeah, it is. And uh, I, I just find it funny, the, 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 just the difference of opinion, because I... Well, I can't really say it for Crazy Nights. It's mostly just how it was recorded and how lazy some of the performances sound. I really drag it down, other than the fact that I like heavy rock better than I yeah. like corporate rock. Sure. But, um, you know, on a side, 
actually, you know, really lick it up, animalize Asylum all have some very poor, very weak songwriting on them. Every Kiss album does, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not one you can say, well, there's not a bad song on the album. Every Kiss album has that one or two songs that just blow. Yeah. I can say that almost. I, <laughs> I, don't, dis- I don't dislike anything off of Creatures. There's a couple songs in there that might not be my favorites, but I think every song on that's actually pretty good. Okay. Yeah, that's some good shit there. That's awesome. All right. So, and depending well, on if I've done LSD recently enough, I also really <laughs> like every song on The Elder, but uh, that is another oh, story. Wow. wow. Okay. We, we got to do awful. that on the, uh, on the Ooh, other show. Man. What, the uh, Screams worst, from the Grave. Top ten worst albums ever. <laughs> Shut your mouth. No, but we did do Unmasked yeah. for the first one, which I Oh, did. you did? Yeah, yeah I like Unmasked. Oh, yeah, it's what makes the world go round, man. You betcha. Yeah, I, when we did that, I, I you know, had listened to it, and it's been a while, and I actually enjoyed that album more than I thought I would have. You know, there's better songs on there than I, I remember there being. On Crazy Nights? No, on uh, Unmasked. Oh, on Unmasked, okay. Yeah. 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 Crazy Nights, no. I mean, it's 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 about as good as I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it's got its four good, or five good songs. One, two, uh, three, four, five good songs for me. My biggest thing was I remembered it being a little bit heavier just because of how good Bruce's guitar is when it's prominent. And mm. That that was what mostly shocked me about it. Yeah. Well, it was heavy for back yeah. then, for sure. Heavy as, oh, as no, far no, as no, that no, genre totally goes. Is. Yeah. I mean, you know, anything Poison or Winger or Warrant had out at the time was nowhere near as no. heavy as No, 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 or Hell in High Water. No. Yeah. All right. So what are we going to give Mr. Holmes? Oh, and I'll give you this, Mr. Holmes. Mr. Crazy Holmes. Night. Unknown Holmes. Is much better than Def Leppard's Hysteria. Oh, what? Wait, what? <laughs> I, I drifted yeah. into like outer space room. What did you just yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This album is better than Hysteria. Oh man. <sighs> oh, go ahead, Wayne. <laughs> You're fired, sir. <laughs> you are fucking fired. That is a fireable offense for sure. Oh my god. Whatever. I've got my kiss records. I don't care. <laughs> if, if me getting fired is is uh, the only way to stay. Is me conceding that that album might be decent? You're no. Hey, 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 yeah. What can I say? I'm the guy who thought Crazy Nights was the best Kiss album ever. So, yeah, it's true. <laughs> you are fired, and you will continue to not get paid. <laughs> oh. uh, what are we giving Crazy Nights? I'll let you go, Mister Unknown. Timeless Haunt vocalist. Uh, out, of a ten, out of a 10? Yeah. I mean, for Kiss albums, it's a 10. But I mean, for for an overall album, I'm going to give it a, a 7. Wow. That's pretty high. That's yeah, pretty high. Yeah. I'm doing 5. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, like same thing I was going to say, 5. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I was rating it as a Kiss album, especially because I love the earlier stuff and then some of the heavier, 80 stuff more, I'd probably give it about a two. 
But Ooh. as an album <laughs> on its own, it's a vibe. Yeah, no, it has, it has good songs on there. So can't say that about the other ones, but you know, I just I wish they had a better producer for it. I don't really yeah. agree with Nevison's direction. It definitely helped them a lot, but he has a lot of weaknesses that make themselves really apparent here. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny? And I was thinking of this earlier. That seems to be like that era in time, like 87, 88. All the all albums sound that very like thin sound to them. Oh, I guess yeah. is that like a thing in, Even, like during that time? It's like, I don't know. It's weird. Like, yeah, you got the King Diamond um, that sounds like that. Um, what else was it? Like 87, 88. Uh, Queensryche, um, um, Operation Mindcrime was kind of thin. Yeah, there's tons. The Maginos yeah. was really yeah. thin. Yeah. Just what they had and what we were using, I guess. They want, they want less yeah. bass back then. I don't think the uh, the equipment that we had a lot, a lot of it could handle that kind of bass, and tried to had to had to kind of make it sound good on everything, and maybe uh, that's what they had to do. I believe, if I remember right, a lot of it had to do with turning ad- analog into digital. That might have been a good point. That were happening in the recording industry. That time. is a good point. That uh, was right around that time. Very interesting. Because um, I remember actually reading that in an interview where they were talking about that Blue Rooster Cult album with Sandy Perlman. And he said the reason it sounded like that is because they were anticipating how it would sound on a compact disc as Mm. opposed to a vinyl record. But the technology was relatively new at the time, except to the Japanese. Understood. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. Why do you think the Japanese one sounds a lot better? I mean, I hear that a lot, a lot of times in Japanese. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, they really do. They, um, when they do those, the Japanese branch of the record companies get the original masters and make mm-hmm. their own presses from them. So a lot of the times they will sound much fuller mm-hmm. than what you've heard. Um, on albums, it's not as noticeable depending on what era you're talking about. You get closer to the end of the 80s, the vinyl starts getting a little bit cheaper, especially in the United States and Canada. So the Japanese albums are a huge improvement. But back in the 70s, there's some Sabbath records where, yeah, it sounds warmer and a little bit louder, but the American versions or the UK versions of those still sound pretty good. But... I could play uh, my Japanese copy of Queen Shrike's Rage for Order, and it would just blow you away at how much better it sounds than what we've gotten. You're just a wealth of information. It's good information, though. It's pretty cool. That's why I have him on the show. (laughs) I just start the show and let him talk, and I just, okay, okay, sounds good. Unless I'm on, then I just cut you off every five seconds. You do that, too. But you also bring... (laughs) Bring your information too. You know, you you bring your A game to the show. Man. I do my you fucking know. homework. <laughs> Everybody picks up. I'm my not going to come on your show. Come on, this is fucking. This is Rat Salad Review, man. This is one of the best fucking metal podcasts out there. I'm not going to come yes, on your show and, you. and look like shit in front of you guys. Just like I wouldn't release a bad sounding album. You know, that's my opinion. Uh, the album's going to sound good. You may not like the songs, but it's going to sound good. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters. Yes, sir. Uh, um. Kiss Alive. Me ten first? out of ten. Sure, oh, you go of first. Course, of course. Yeah, of course he's going to give that. I knew that already. But go ahead. Can, can I give half marks? Sure. Yeah, six, six and a half. Very close. Six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. What's Very in that? Up. What's in that thing you're smoking there? Ten. What's in this? Only the yeah. finest premium. Uh, uh, the, the, yeah, 
buy AJ Fernandez tobacco you can get. Fifteen dollars. You have a, a baseball stick. player growing tobacco for you. That's pretty <laughs> you've earned that velvet robe. I see. Velvet, yes, it is yeah. made of the finest cottons and wools of uh, <laughs> this side of the fucking Giza Strip. That <laughs> yeah, is nice, but yeah, that, that's a ten. So you're wrong, and Alive wins. You're entitled to your opinion, <laughs> even though it's wrong. You're entitled to it's, it. It's right. I Mike knew Joe. I didn't have a chance in hell winning this. I just yeah. wanted to bring some points. It is a very underrated album, and I think a lot of diehard Kiss fans never gave it the chance it deserves. No. And I think they should revisit it because there's some killer shit on there. Yeah, I think everybody should listen to it that's a Kiss fan just to hear Bruce's work. Fuck yeah. He put so much work into his songs on here. It's it's honestly a real treat. Dare I say very spotlight. Dare I say his playing on, on that album is very Van Halen like. Yes, it is. And the song that sounds the most like Van Halen to me, which didn't make the record but was done by a band called Bonfire from Germany yeah. for the mm. uh, Shocker soundtrack is Sword and Stone, which Ironically, I also think is the best song they wrote for it, but Ron Nevison didn't like it probably because he couldn't figure out a synth riff for it. <laughs> so <laughs> they never recorded it. But you there is enjoy- a demo version out there that everyone should check out on YouTube. Because even though the vocals aren't finished, they yeah. sound great. And the production is fairly similar to the finished album. So you get to hear it in context pretty well. And I think it would have worked. I like Bonfire, pretty good, good band. Um, the one album that I like that that Bruce Kulick really had a, a hand in was uh, Carnival of Souls. Yeah. Oh, that was his shining moment. That's a great, yeah. great album. Great really album. Good. Which really technically was never going to be released, and then they you know just released it just to get something out there. But yeah, I wish it was a little bit more produced. But it's it's still a really good album. That would have been a travesty had they not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad it got out there, you know. Yeah. And well, you know, Bruce has never been given his due. No. Anyone. Yeah. You know, you can have the fucking Tommy Thayer argument as much as you want, but Bruce worked really hard. Like Mr. Haunt was explaining. <laughs> I saying that throughout the eighties. Uh to, to keep the band going and together because Gene wasn't working with Paul, you know, he was nope. all starring in bad Michael Crichton movies. Yeah. Starring and, Tom Selleck for God knows what reason. And still collecting the Kiss royalty, which is what pissed Gene off, in, or what pissed Paul off in the first place. Oh. But uh, Gene was a man about it and, uh, you know, owned up to it, and things have been great ever since, for them too, anyway. Yeah. Thank God. That's just what we want. All right, now we'd finish the Kiss stuff. Now, now, we're getting, now we get to the good stuff. Now we get to the good stuff. <laughs> and Mr... Unknown. Fair Run. enough. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a new album coming out very shortly. Very shortly. Let's just put it this way. We had planned for an October 31st release. It doesn't look like that's going to happen, although I'm holding hope that it might. Hmm. We're having a little bit of an issue with uh, mixing and mastering uh, because we ran out of time at the studio. You know, everybody wants to perfect their parts. So, you know, hmm. there was some re-records and... Some things we wanted to finish up on our fourth day, which was just uh, this past Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Twelve hours in the studio. We got all our uh, parts rec- 
re-recorded and re-recorded to the way we wanted them to sound. And now it was just off to mixing and mastering. It's going to be an eight-song full-length album. Very cool. Our first, our sophomore. How long is it going to be? Like, how long is the actual album? I don't fucking know. I have no idea. I have no idea. I would say each track is roughly somewhere around five minutes, and you know, oh. there you go, about forty-five minutes or so. All right, cool. There's nothing too long on there. I think it's cool. just the perfect length for an for a full length yeah. in this day and age with people's ADD and mm-hmm. lack of ability to concentrate. Yeah, I love the album. It's uh, we're definitely coming into our own. It's going to sound a little bit different than the first album. There's more element of uh, classic metal in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're going to hear. Even though we were trying to do our own thing, what we're hearing comparisons of our sabotage, submersible fate. Um, mm. You're definitely going to hear my vocals uh, more up in the oh. st- the Sean Peck stratosphere. And <laughs> I have been taking lessons again, as you know. I stopped singing for about eight years after yeah. my last project from way back, which I'm not going to mention because then you'll know who I am. Mm-hmm. And we don't want anybody to know who I am. Ooh, mm-hmm. spooky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I uh, am taking lessons from um, Ken Tamplin, who is like the yeah. premier rock metal vocal coach guy. It's helped a lot. It's brought me back to where I was at and even better, in my opinion. So I think you'll dig it. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and a lot of mids, and I'm kind of all over the place, and that's just how I like it. Awesome. Very cool. cool. I look yeah. forward to it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And I heard the one track that you actually are going to give me, and I'm going to put on the end of this episode here, because you're releasing yeah. a little video for it, right? Yeah, just a little uh, visualizer, and it's, it's called Embrace the Haunt. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I really enjoy it, and I can hear the progression in the band from you know where you started with the first uh, EP, and now it's, onto this. And there's a lot of, yeah, it's more up tempo. Um, yeah. And uh, even though we tried to, in the first album, the focus was just because we can doesn't mean we should. We really tried to expand upon uh, good songwriting. So just mm-hmm. because we can play everything a thousand mile an hour and shred the entire time and me singing way up here all the time, mm-hmm. I don't think it makes for a good album in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah. I really wanted to write memorable songs and I think we achieved a certain sound and now we just needed to kind of progress on that. And that's where we're at now. So you're going to hear more, uh, you're going to hear some blast beats in this and some oh more double God. bass and some more up-tempo stuff, but also some slower, creepier ambience and, uh, we have a, we have a, you're going to kill me for this. We have two, we have two, um, um, two ballads in this album. Two ballads with eight songs. Well, what? Yeah, <laughs> you're going to rip me for that. We, we write a mean Kill ballad. Man. We, write, we did not write the second, <laughs> the second one. And I'm going to, I'm going to reveal what that second song is. Cause you're all going to know this. We redid a cover and that oh. cover is. From Chris Isaac. Oh. Can you guess the song? Yes, I can. What is it? I can't think of the name. Oh, Wicked Games. Wicked Game. Wicked Game. Wicked Game. (laughs) (laughs) We redid it to our liking. Added a lead, some some piano, some different kind of vocals in there. Wow. Makes makes for an interesting atmospheric song. I really like that song. Who chose it? Me. (laughs) 
You chose that one. It was my choosing. Yep. Interesting. It's a very interesting song to I, cover. I chose it. We all agreed to do it. And... I used to hate that song when it came on MTV. Yeah, but it was fun to watch. Yes, that was the only <laughs> the part of the whole song. That video was fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just. But I, I like the him, tune. But... Uh, so yeah. I don't know how it's going to be received. You know, whatever. I like it. I think it's yeah. cool. I like that. I don't, yeah, I don't know if you like him, the band him. I don't know. If no, you ever heard. I don't. Uh, well, did you ever hear that cover? Of uh, what? Wiki game? They did Wiki yeah. game? Man, yeah. I thought we beat everybody to the punch there. Nope. Sure, Sorry. Shit. He did a good job on it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I end up liking that song because of that version. So, so, but I, I can't wait to hear your version because now I'm going to have to see if I like him's version or your version better. All right. Well, first of all, Timeless Haunt should get the nod immediately. No, I'm not going to. Just for the fact that their musicianship is miles above him to begin with. Oh, thank you. I don't know who the fuck him is, really. I've only ever heard two songs, but I appreciate it. Just don't compare us to Ghost. Oh, well, I was going to say that next. Don't you fucking dare. I will, I will drive uh, to Long Island, and we're gonna have a, a what? little talk. I don't. Who lives in Long Island? No, nobody here on this show. No, nobody lives in Long Island. Uh, no idea what you're talking about. But, we have to cut that part out. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've mentioned that on the show many times. Uh, all right, so we're gonna play your "Embrace the Haunt." Embrace the Haunt video right now. Thing, and we will see you guys next time. And please check out Timeless Haunt's Facebook and your your website. Timelesshaunt.com. Yep. Listen and, to the EP. And be on the lookout yes. for the album. It will be released on Stormspell Records, but you can also buy it through the band as well. Absolutely. So keep an eye out on that. And we will see you guys next time. RatsalReview.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Subscribe, share, and like everything, and we will see you. Goodbye.